Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this special series on the future of farmland in Northumberland County. I'm your host, Robert Washburn. There are 840 farms in Northumberland County. The vast majority are prime agriculture land. That is a designation that ranks these areas as best for growing crops that feed us. Yet these lands are under threat, and that has many people in Northumberland worried, especially farmers. On July 29th, about 100 people gathered at the Best Western in Coburg to listen to five panelists. They outlined the challenges facing those wishing to protect farmland in Northumberland County. The event was organized by a group of residents and farmers known as the Northumberland Rural Coalition. The event was recorded live by Northumberland 89.7 FM. Over the next few weeks, we will be presenting the speakers in a five-part series. If you care about the food on your table, this series will give you food for thought. Our speaker this week is Eric Gillespie, a lawyer with EKG Corporation, talking about the recent changes in policy and legislation introduced by the Ontario government. Here is Alan Crothers, the Forum Chair and President of the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture, giving the introduction. Eric Gillespie, uh, our first speaker. Uh, Eric practices civil litigation and administrative law. He graduated with distinction with the University of Western Ontario Faculty of Law, and he he has appeared before all levels of Ontario courts, as well as a wide variety of administrative tribunals and the Supreme Court of Canada. Since 2009, he has been the principal of Eric K. Gillespie Professional Corporation. For many years, Eric has been an adjacent uh, professor of the Faculty of Law at the University of Toronto and is a former editor of the Environmental Land Tribunals Ontario, ELTO, column for the journal and the bi-monthly publication of the Ontario Professional Planners Institute. So Eric is attending by Zoom. Albert Botha down here has has got everything all set up for him. So uh, please bear with us. Uh, We'll try to sort things out. We have two capable people on my left. Okay, um, so uh, thank you very much, Alan, for the introduction, and thank you very much to all of the groups that have come together to present today, and thank you for everyone who's attending. Um, I'd also like to personally thank Albert and Michael and Jane and Peter and probably others for helping to arrange this. Unfortunately, I picked up a bit of a bug, and I'm happy to share some thoughts, but I didn't want to share the bug, so we decided to do this by Zoom, and uh, thanks to COVID, uh, People have become much more technically oriented, and uh, we were able to get this all organized this morning. So thanks again to everybody. Um, as we all know, we've come together this morning to talk about a very important topic, and that is protecting farmland, particularly as noted uh, by Alan in Northumberland County. And if we could just go to the next slide. Uh, we've all known for a long time, to paraphrase a quote from Mark Twain, when it comes to land, they're not making any more of it. And that's really the issue because 
there's only so much to go around. And the obvious question is, what is the best way to use it? So turning then to the next slide, uh, this morning as legal counsel who's been assisting the Northumberland Rural Coalition and actually residents all over Ontario and community groups with this issue, um, I thought it might be the most helpful to just generally lay out the actual framework. And uh, as Alan has just covered, we have a number of very experienced and very knowledgeable presenters with us today who will then be sharing more of sort of the commentary um, that I'm sure will involve some of the framework. But just turning to what is actually going on, what is in place right now, if we could just go to the next slide. I think it's fair to say that for a number of years now, one of the things that has been happening when it comes to rural and agricultural lands in Ontario is the use of ministerial zoning orders or MZOs. And MZOs have been available through the Planning Act for quite some time. And as the name suggests, they allow a minister to make decisions that in effect <clears throat> overrule the basic planning that's put in place by municipalities, particularly their zoning. And these can be initiated by municipalities. So municipality can write to the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing, and they can ask the minister to consider an MZO. As well, private entities can petition the minister, but the minister is also free to act and does not have to act on the basis of municipal support. It's an independent decision-making process. And what that creates is a route for either the government of the day or for individuals or uh, corporations to approach the minister to try to sort of change the normal planning framework, which really does start from the ground up, in most cases, at the municipal level. So knowing that that has been in place for a, a number of years, but has been used more frequently, I would think it's fair to say, in recent times, what has happened in the last two or three years is some fairly significant changes that really affect agricultural and rural lands. So we could just go to the next slide. In 2022, the government of the day announced the More Homes Built Faster Act. I think the title says a lot about what the goal or objective of the government has been by bringing in this particular legislation, More Homes Built Faster. And as part of that, a number of changes were made regarding development charges, regarding the role of conservation authorities, regarding the role of the Ontario Land Tribunal and under the Planning Act, allowing the minister to not only use MZOs or ministerial zoning orders, but also to amend official plans. So the question that of course comes to mind is where does that leave agri agriculture? given that the government is now announcing a real focus on building homes. 
So turning to the next slide, very shortly after Bill 23, the government brought into force Bill 109. And again, as the name suggests, it's announcing to every resident in Ontario what the priority of the government is. More homes for everyone. The More Homes for Everyone Act 2022. And a lot of this legislation is built on work done by the Ontario Housing Affordability Task Force. And what that task force set as an objective and what is in fact now the objective of the government is to bring in 1.5 million new homes by 2031. Just to put that into perspective, at this point in the largest city in Canada, Toronto, there's less than 1.5 million homes. So you're talking about building a whole new Toronto in the space of now approximately eight years. And this particular legislation also gave the government additional tools to refer matters to the Ontario Land Tribunal. And there's a number of other things that, that we could point to. So that brings us then to the next slide. And this is the legislation that probably is the legislation that brings us together today. This is the act that has really been the catalyst, the one that's been moving things forward in a very concrete way, the Helping Home Buyers Protecting Tenants Act. And again, the question has to be asked at some point, where is agriculture in all of this? Where is rural development in all of this? And this particular act has brought in some, I think it's fair to say, pretty sweeping changes. For example, now the minister can exempt certain projects, land uses, from what was then the provincial policy statement or PPS and from official plans. So this is giving the minister, the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing at Queen's Park, some pretty broad new powers. As well, it is allowing municipalities to simply go ahead and expand their boundaries. And that was not the case previously. There was a lot more control. The provincial government and local governments had to work more cooperatively together, but now the municipalities are being given more powers. That's a good thing if the local councils support agriculture because obviously it allows that local council to then use these new powers of expansion in ways that promote agriculture if that's the goal of that particular municipal council. But it also opens the door to the potential for councils that are not particularly supportive of agriculture and rural matters to expand their boundaries without a lot of control from other levels of government. So that is an opportunity that has never existed before that's now part of the law of the province of Ontario. As well, what the current bill, Bill 97, that's now been brought into law, 
allows is for severances, additional severances of agricultural lots of up to three properties per lot. And this has been quite controversial and I would not be surprised at all if some of our other uh, you know, very qualified speakers later this morning are going to address some of the issues that, that may arise around that particular change. So turning then to the next slide, all of this is being implemented, or at least quite a bit of it, through a new planning document called the Provincial planning statement. We've never had one of those before. We, for many years now, we've had a provincial policy statement, but the government again is making some very significant changes, it appears, by bringing in a provincial planning statement that will be one of the primary tools that the government will use to implement all of the bills that we've just looked at in the last few minutes. And there's five pillars, as we can see, to generate an appropriate housing supply, to make land available for development, to provide infrastructure to support development, balancing housing with resources and implementation. I believe it is fair to say that four of those five goals do not focus again on agriculture and rural lands. They're very focused again on housing and how to implement the earlier bills that we've been looking at. So the only exception to that is the fourth pillar balancing housing with resources, but resources could mean a lot of different things. So turning to the next slide and drilling down a little bit on that. What the government has explained is that in its proposal, it is going to require municipalities to designate specialty crop areas and prime agricultural areas. And this will eliminate what has been in place up till now, the provincially run mapping system for agriculture. Now, again, that leaves opportunities for councils that are supportive of agriculture, but it creates the potential for councils that are not to again, redesign their own municipalities in ways that may not be conducive to the continuation of proper agricultural operations. So the other elements of this balancing of housing with resources that the government has announced to date at least if we can go to the next slide, deals with requiring municipalities to protect specialty crop areas. That's obviously good. But at the same time, there's not a direct reference to protecting prime agricultural areas. So municipalities will be designating them, they'll be identifying them, but they won't be specifically encouraged under this planning statement to protect them. And there is an intention to maintain the minimum separation distance concept, but they're not referring there directly to the MDS system that I'm sure many of the people here this morning are familiar with. And that's obviously a very significant issue for people in the livestock business. And 
there is talk about supporting an agricultural systems approach, which again, should, I would think, be applauded by people in the agricultural sector. But at the same time, there's not a lot of clarity around what that actually means. So turning to the next slide, this particular provincial planning statement is currently open for consultation. And if you just go on the internet and put in provincial planning statement consultation, you should be able to readily find links to be able to comment. This is very clearly a direct opportunity for everybody, including the people, all the people who are with us today, to share your thoughts with the provincial government on a very important part of the government's strategy that will directly affect for at least the next five years, how agriculture develops in the province of Ontario. And those bills that we looked at, Bill 23, Bill 109, and Bill 97, they're law now. So not much that can be done there. But this is the implementation of the law, this provincial planning statement. And now is our chance, everybody's chance, to be able to speak to the province about people's interests and about people's concerns around agriculture. So as a final slide, if we could turn to that, we are certainly, I'm sure, going to be continuing to communicate with the Northumberland Rural Coalition and, and probably other people. And we're certainly available to speak with anybody about the current situation and about what opportunities there may be to continue to have input into what is uh, actually a very rapidly changing legal framework, but one that we still have the opportunity as residents, as citizens, to provide input and comment on before it all gets to the point where there's nothing more that can be done. So thank you very much again to everybody, and I'll turn the floor back over to Alan. That was Eric Gillespie, a lawyer with EKG Corporation. This was recorded live. The event was titled The Importance of Protecting Farmland in Northumberland. It was hosted by the Northumberland Rural Coalition, and it involved the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture, and it was sponsored by Community Power Northumberland and the Small Change Fund. Thanks to the team of technicians who helped make this possible, we hope you will join us for the next episode of this series. I'm Robert Washburn for Northumberland 89.7 FM. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.